Hello, my name is Tom Dore. Down the other end of this uh, phone line is Mr. Bailey Parker, and welcome to the Holy Grail podcast, episode fourteen, take two. Parks, hey you, Tom, uh, have you made have you made sure you click play this time? Yes, it is recording. I'm watching <laughs> it record on my screen. We're at twenty five seconds so far. Uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. had a bit of a malfunction, didn't we, Tom? We got all excited on Friday night for our uh, AFL preview finals week show. We're going to call it the pre-finals quickie. Yep. We sat down for all but an hour, smashed it out. We're like, yeah, that's good. That's good. The people will like that. I had it planned to get it out just in time so you could listen to it before the Port Cats game. Yep. But yours stopped after 20 minutes. Yeah, it was quite an unexplained sort of pause i i remember i think we we stopped recording and i actually remember pressing stop recording so i'm not entirely sure what happened there but i remember stopping and you go yep uh that was 59 minutes and i looked at my time and it said 22 minutes and 40 seconds and i thought that doesn't sound right i don't know if (laughs) we've got two different fourth dimensions going on with our time space continuum but i know lining up Maybe our flux capacitors weren't working on the same level, but I knew that that couldn't be couldn't be out of that whack that much. And so no, but uh, we haven't got the finals preview out. The, uh, we did miss the preview, but yeah. I tell you what, it was still. But but, but now well. let's look at the positives. We're going to have a post view. So yes, we will have a post view. I think we'll we might just do a little. We might gloss over how the AFL ladder sort of ended up and what yep. it means for the likes of. Yeah, Richmond's and West Coast, but look, the yeah. stories, the main stories of the week are Port Adelaide, Melbourne, yeah. Toby Green and his Giants, and Cody Waitman, uh, the umpires, and subsequently the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll speak about that one later, because uh, we actually have a new segment joining us today, Tom. Um, we do. I'm excited for this. Oh, we're not going to quite... open with. Do you want to open with your new segment? Maybe we do. Maybe we do. Yeah, why not? Let's get the let's get the show rolling. Okay, so basically, we've come up with a new segment here. It, it kind of just spawned to me about fifteen minutes ago, and um, we've talked about it quite a lot. Uh, how 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 can we bring in a little bit more humour when it comes to the Holy Grail podcast? Because I think we're very we're, we're very factual. We speak the truth, yeah, and we use yep. honesty. And I think we have a great platform to build upon. And so I've, I've come up with this one. Uh, it's inspired by a good mate, Josh Caddy, who's an icon to both of us for all the wrong reasons. Um, and it's called Don't Come Monday. Uh, <laughs> and I, I mean, what better way to bring in the new segment after the first week of AFL finals where we've seen a few incidences where this is quite applicable to a few players and a few uh, select groups, if you will. Oh, absolutely. And look, those of you who know you personally, Parks, they yeah. will know that you're a big man and things can get under your skin a little bit. Yeah. You can turn a bit red, get yeah. a bit angry, come in off the long run and give a couple of like really good sprays. And yeah. look, so what better platform to give these sprays on than 
On a podcast. On a podcast so where where it can never get taken me. back. <laughs> 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 I can never regret what I say. I can, nah. I'm just going nah. with it and bad luck if you don't like it. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Open us up. So I'll start us off. Um, obviously, we had the Swans, Giants. I'm a Swan supporter. Uh, my brother and a lot of my friends are Giant supporters. Uh, and I think in that game, Tom, you were actually supporting the Giants. Um, I was, yeah. And I, I can't... For the Giants. I can't fault the Giants. They uh, they they played well for the first three quarters. The Swans turned up in the fourth quarter and decided, hmm, I'm not going to kick it through the big ones. I'm going to kick it through the little ones just to see, just to make it make Parks punch a hole in the wall. And so, uh, to add to those behinds, actually, was our good mate James Bell, who's a Shell Harbour boy. James, uh, don't come Monday, mate. You kicked two behinds in that last quarter. Both 20 metres out, pretty simple kicks. Don't come Monday. 15 metres out, straight in front. Yep. One and post. And I caught him. He was meant to be playing on Toby Green in the last quarter there. Oh, no, it might not have been late. It might have been the th- late in the third quarter. And Toby Green's standing 15 metres out by himself. And I thought, yeah, that's probably not what you want to be doing with their best player. So <laughs> don't come Monday, James. I'll see you, I'll see you in the twos down at Shell Arbor in a couple months. <laughs> and moving on from that bad. we'll we'll, we'll flip over to the other side toby what are you doing mate toby green what are you doing there's the one thing that you don't do pendles even had something to say about it okay you don't bump the umpire you don't even point at the umpire and he's done both in one go and i think uh i think you'll be finding that toby green won't be coming monday if he is coming Monday, he'll be fucking broke. That's about all yes, I can say. Yes, uh, he will. And like, I think Pendles's comment on I don't know Twitter or some shit was there. Like, prepare for a Toby tax. And I think yep. that we're all sort of like, look, Toby Green's. He seems to always be in the bad books. I think yep. he's played. I saw a stat. I think he's played five finals, mm. and. The 2018 Grand Final against Tigers when they got demolished is yep. the only finals game where he hasn't been fined or suspended. Yeah, he's had like $30,000 <laughs> in fines or something like that. Like, a lot of money Rather in look after, look after your back pocket. <laughs> and, but, look, I, I've made public that I am a Toby Green fan. And yep. I know that's an unpopular opinion. However, yep. look, I really hope that he just gets a really hefty fine but yeah i don't know if he will there was a couple of similar ones that have been floating around uh lucky neil got done i think it was earlier this year yeah it was um he had a he had a cut open base and reached out and sort of like touched the umpire on the chest to then show him that he was bleeding so he could get a blood rule yeah and he got a fine for that whether it's similar to that, whether it's different, I don't really know. Well, I, I can tell you one thing, Tom. You need to be doing. You don't like, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. I mean, the umpires are the ones that are like, they're they're the ones officiating our game. The game's not there without the umpires. Just like if, you know, the game wasn't there because Sydney didn't rock up. So you you just got to like have a little bit of respect for them. And yeah, um, yeah. I think that he stepped over the line. And I, you know, I've made public that I'm not a Toby Green fan. Um, however, this like and I and 
for this one, because they're playing Geelong, I hope that he gets off with it and gets a fine because I feel as though without them, without him, it's a pretty grim outlook for GWS. But... He's definitely needed. He's definitely needed, needed but uh, having said that, you can't be doing that, and you can't be doing that as consistently as he seems to be in trouble. He seems to be in trouble a lot, that fella, and gets away with a lot, just like Buddy does for for a lot of stuff. Um, You can paint the picture with Buddy because it was that fairy tale finals, thousand goals kind of thing. You can see where the AFL were probably leading with that. Toby Green hasn't got got a a back foot. I feel as though the AFL have made an example of Toby Green before. Yep. On numerous occasions. So. You just can't help but think this might be the same. It might bite him if on the ass. Look, just quietly, and I'll get to this later on as well. Yeah. But if that's Joel Selwood, <laughs> thrown out straight away. Nah. He's, he's a fair player. Yeah. Would never do that intentionally. Yeah. It's incidental contact thrown out. $1,000 fine. Be more careful next time, Joel. Even if... I wouldn't even doubt it would be... He wouldn't even get fined. It might be nah. publicised that he got fined, but he actually wouldn't get fined because he's just such a danger good boy. Field? If yeah. it's... Yeah, Selwood, danger. No. Nah. No. Nah. No case to answer, boys. Play on. <laughs> However, it's Toby, and so he'll be in some trouble. Do you have any other long runs, Parks? Any other... Don't come Mondays. I've got a couple more. Uh, just quickly... We're actually going to flip that whole entire conversation on its head, Tom. And we're going to talk about the umpires and the dogs and the dons game. Holy fucking shit. Just, like, give the boys a chance. Cody Waitman, four goals or four free kicks. Like, that's such a momentum killer. You take half of them off and the game's wide open for for the um, Bombers up until that last 10 minutes where the dogs pissed off. And it's, like... You know, I, I'm a Dons fan. Um, like, I've always been, like, my old man's a Dons fan. But you just can't be doing that kind of stuff. The game was so poorly officiated. Yeah. Just the, every time, everywhere you looked, it was Western Bulldogs midfielder, free kick. It, like, yeah. whoever it was. Head over the ball, doesn't matter, duck the head. Like, oh, you just, was, you pray for some people. I thought it was... I thought it was terribly officiating the fact that it was awful conditions. So oh. the way that you've got to do it is you've just got to let a few things slide and yep. let the boys play. Yep. Cody Waitman got a lucky holding the ball. Two of these softest free kicks I've ever seen. Sam Draper, he got one 10 metres out straight in front in the second quarter, I think. Yeah. You go with Sam Draper, like he's a big dum-dum. He actually played really well on the weekend. Yeah. Big dum-dum. Cody Waitman has literally just stuck his head in between, like, Draper's hip and arm. And as Draper's going to turn around, he's like, just going, what the fuck are you doing there, Cody? And (laughs) touched him on the ear, free kick. And it was like, you can't be doing that. And then there was that one in the third quarter. Waitman had just kicked a goal. And look, Cody Waitman, credit where credit's due, he went back and he took all of his chances, which... On a wet, slippery day, yes, you got to pay. Easier said than done. Yeah, but he then got that other one. I think Zach Merritt got a free kick against him for a push, and I think it might have been for like pushing him nearly into the fence. But Waitman literally just handballed the ball, and Merritt went to like smother the ball, put pressure on, and just sort of like incidental, just bumped into the side. Yeah, it's just momentum. Absolutely nothing in it. It would happen. 
500 times in an AFL game. Yeah. It was the most soft, nothing in it contact. Yep. And they gave a free kick for that. Waiting again, went back, kicked the goal. But then that was that put a yeah. three goal buffer in between. And in the wet, Essendon just weren't going to catch that up. So nah. Um, well, to be honest, I Tom, actually, I feared it yeah. early in that we were talking about it after we yep. we somewhat recorded our our finals <laughs> preview. We're talking about it in that Port Geelong game. We saw glimpses of, you know, just. Obviously, on that Friday night, it was a, quite a nice night at, down at Adelaide Oval. Um, conditions were good, but there's something like even the fifteen meter, like fifteen meter rule with the kicks, yep. they are so hit and miss at the moment. They're like, they just I don't know what their asshole from nowhere. It like fifteen meters. Like I understand there's a lot of variables that you take into it. How about we just go back to thinking kindergarten ways, right? Fifteen meters. Well, that's a meter. Let's times that by fifteen. Oh, that oh, that's fifteen meters, right? that's cool. Like it's a pretty simple measurement, it's, I would have thought, and it's something that you can gauge fairly well. Yeah. Oh, like you can just go right. Well, that portion of the ground is fifteen meters, so I've just got to put that wherever I am. Okay. There was one. There was. Oh, I mean, and look, I think the umpires, and I, I hate to be that supporter follower who goes, ah, the. F- and umpires they were useless blah, yeah blah, blah. I, I don't want to be that but i thought collectively over the weekend the umpiring was really poor yeah i'm I agree. obviously a very passionate port adelaide supporter yeah and let me get on to fantasia in a little bit <laughs> however um the just some of the umpiring decisions and the free run that blokes like selwood and dangerfield get is just you can't defend it like you, no. you can't say that it's not happening you look at those free kicks and it's like like i was just losing my mind because yeah. i was like if that is not danger or Selwood, no one's getting that free kick no it was just so and then there was that 15 meter one which i think went look that's 15 every day of the week yeah i've been watching footy for 23 years and that's 15 meters all the time. Yeah, that was a that was a bad one because I remember I actually remember watching that back because I actually really enjoyed watching that game. I yeah. watched that back a bit, and that I remember that one. You, Charlie was on the half foot, like outside the half foot flank, about adjacent yeah. with the square, and he kicked it to Toddy Marshall. It was about 40 out. Like yeah. that's <laughs> that's it's, 50 meters. That's 15 meters, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's about 30 meters. Do the <laughs> and then there was another one which. It went down the other end and the Cats got one. And look, I don't mind it being 15, but that was undoubtedly shorter than the other one. Yeah. Anyway, I yeah. can go on all day. We can, we can. I just thought that the umpires need to be in the gun a little bit, I reckon. Yeah. And you have one more. You have one more. Uh, new segment. So, uh, I actually have two more, of that, but they kind of link in together. So the first one links in with uh, the one we're just talking about, the umpires, but... Yep. Latrell Mitchell, don't come for six more Mondays once you get to uh, May next year. So I'm not seeing Trell until June 2023. Big 2022. Big man, <laughs> big man. He comes through. He's hit him. I think Trell knew Marnie. he. I think Trell knew he was in a bit of strife. Um, Joey Marnie is unfortunately he's going to have a plate in his face for a little while, um, which is really sad to see because he's been playing some good footy. Um, and it just adds to the Roosters' injury woes coming into finals. Um, but the thing that was 
often was actually the theme with that hit was how long it took the bunker to assess what was happening to Latrell. Like it took them like 40 seconds before they made a decision on whether to stop play and they wanted to continue play. And um, he wasn't even going to get sin bin for it. It, the only reason that they had another look at it was because Joey Manu, when he half collected his senses, yeah, just pretty much walked straight up to Trell and said, "You're a fucking dog." Yeah, and then started like going him. Which look, as a as a roosters uh, as a rabbit supporter, I think he was well within his rights to do. It was oh, yeah. late, high, pretty dog shot. It was whether he, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he. he I don't think he really that. intended to hit him high. I think like. You know, momentum took him... He intended to hit him hard and he missed the mark yeah. by a long, long way. Yeah, and I think that, you know, we've got to take into the, the fact that Latrell is a large, large human Ooh. and sometimes you've just... You don't actually understand the physical presence that you have, like your surroundings as you get bigger. Yeah, and Latrell, like, not the brightest spark in the shed, I reckon would have just committed to the... Like, he's just... see bloke kill like that's all he has in his head joey's kind of fallen with a tackle and has been hit and yeah no doubt he deserves every bit of six weeks if not more but um yeah don't come monday latrell and just quickly don't come monday st george dragons they're about to go into a game against the rabbitos this weekend where they will I think they add to the biggest some i saw some stat but it's like the one of the largest losing streaks since being in the top six or something like that, like the biggest oh. fall from grace ever. <laughs> yeah. So I like they need listening. to win to this weekend to be able to stop that from being a record that they have. Yeah. So I had, I've chewed through all my podcasts. I was actually listening back to, I think it was ours in like episode, I don't know, 11 or 12. Yeah. Um, and we were like, that was just after the barbecue and we were like, what? Oh, that's right. St. George uh, seventh. Yeah. And like they could play finals. So since yeah. then they've lost how many games do you reckon? I think they've lost every one of their games. So Jesus. Um yeah, they they haven't been going very well and can someone just rock down to Wynn Stadium and just poke the poke the beast? It's not moving. <laughs> I can't see any life signs, but um yeah, don't come Monday. St. George Dragons. Grim and that's... Grim City for the Red V. That's, uh, that's Don't Come Monday episode... That's a wrap. Episode one. So uh, if you have any Don't Come Monday editions, please let me know. I, I will like I will get them onto the show. Uh, we love talking about it. And yeah, I love coming off the long run and just giving the blokes a spray. Just shove your soul up your ass, boys. That's what you do best. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll move to the footy because it was it was a huge weekend of footy. It was. Um, Port Adelaide, my boys, as I mentioned, got the job done against the Cats. Yeah. Uh, Forty three points at the Adelaide Oval. Um, obviously, I've got some bias, but that was one of the most convincing performances I've seen from Port. Yep. In a very, very, very long time. Maybe one of the most convincing performances I've ever seen them. I will go as far to say as that was the most convincing performance of the round by far. Yeah. And it was definitely probably Port's... Um, definitely probably. There was definitely Port's <laughs> uh, most convincing win of the year. Um, yeah. They they didn't look like Geelong were getting anywhere near them the whole time. And um, 
you know, they didn't even kick that straight either, neither did Geelong. Um, so I, I'm excited for Port Adelaide at the moment, Tom. I'm a little bit excited. I'm a little bit aroused. I, yeah, I was, I was still on the edge of my seat. I was like, it's still Geelong. Geelong, yep. have, like, they are still a very good team. Yeah. And, but they are old and they did look a bit old and sluggish. Yep. And Port were just quick and fast and confident. Orazio Fantasia was <laughs> unreal up forward. Yep. Unreal. Like, he was, he How? was the one, well, have we, we did heard discuss this, and actually, I I made a bit of a deal. Obviously, this has been lost forever. In um, just it, it's never been recorded. But in our preview, I did call out Orazio, didn't I? I was you pretty did. sure. I, um, you did mention that he's he's coming back, and you think that he was going to start. And he kicked four straight. Yep. Um, he probably only had that many. I will just get him up now. He's only had. Uh, nine disposals, but yep. kicked four of just the best opportunities. Like every single one was from pretty much just a dump kick in or a Geelong drop mark. Like Lockie yep. Henderson had a shocker. He dropped, I reckon, there was three or four on the match highlights where yeah. he just dropped it cold or just completely fucked up. The Geelong's every single back one. Marazio, Motlop were just there. Yeah. Geelong's back line were... Um, ordinary to say the least um, yep. and yeah like Port's forwards capitalised on, on it and yep. um, no Orazio had has more breaks in his nose than he does disposals for the game but he he had a ripper game four goals one um, yeah you can't go wrong with that so yeah. good to see him yeah. back playing footy how do we do we have we got an update for his injury I think he'll be right. I saw yep. something. Um, I think so. He's had a knee injury. He's sort of been nursing. I yep. don't know if it's like one of those medial strains or something that just flares up, but you can sort of play on it. Yeah. I think they're very much hoping that with the week off, he should be right for yep. the Adelaide Oval game. You'd, ho- you'd hope so. Time. Yeah. Um, um, but, and then the other main one I thought was who was best on ground was Alira Lear. Oh, he was <laughs> incredible. Sydney, absolutely incredible. Sydney would have loved him on the weekend. Holy moly, yep. we would have pumped GWS if we had earlier earlier on our side with yep. a bit more development. Back him in a bit more, you know. Um, I think he probably like he didn't quite fit our style of play, but he's absolutely slotted into Port Adelaide a treat. Yeah, and yep. um, he looks great down there. And I, he's he could be one of my favourite players in the AFL at the moment. Quite I easily, he is my. I think he is my favourite player. Yeah. And we um we talked about it. We like we discussed this on Friday, but the like Port Adelaide, they really wanted to free up Alir Alir. Yeah. That's, that was like so important for them to do it, and even with Geelong's three-headed monster, as we've called him. Yep. Like all year, Cameron, um, Rowan, and Hawkins. I think I was pretty confident Port still had the cattle to be able to free up Alir Alir. So yep. Kenzie went to um, went to Hawkins, I'm pretty sure. Tom Jonas was also unreal across halfback. He went to Cameron. I didn't see either of them all night. Yep. Gary Rowan, then I think it was sort of like a Ryan Burton was picking up Gary Rowan or yep. Alir Alir would go to him. And with that just dump kick, Gary Rowan just had no... Just had no answers. Nah, 
No. And mm, it yeah. was just working. And then on the flip side then, I also like I was pretty excited about the likes of Orazio, Motlop, Roseanne Gray. Yeah. Wait, no, I haven't taken a breath for the last five minutes. I'm just pretty <laughs> excited about how everything's shaping up. Um, but I was like, I was looking at that um, Geelong backline, and without Tom Stewart, they really didn't have a matchup for those, like to sort of stop those smalls. Yeah. They had Mark O'Connor go out early. They had uh, Jed Buse was also um, injured fairly early on. Yeah. So that obviously didn't help there. But no, not at I'll all. I'll tell you what, when Port get it together, they look pretty good. There's actually an interesting thing that I, I noticed quite a bit that happened on in this game is I saw yep. Grind Myers playing around that halfback area as their link-up for Geelong. Mm. And I'm sorry, if you think that he is a good player, you've, you are so incorrect. There is no way you can call him a good player with a kick like that. It is an awful kicking action, and that is not the link up you want off your halfback flank. And if that's no, how, if that's what your your kick is off your halfback flank, Geelong, then I'll see you next Monday when you get eliminated by GWS this weekend. So I think I think along with that as well, he's like that kicking action's great for trying to snap goals if you're playing yep. deep. But yep. as you're saying, you need. And they just couldn't get any drive off halfback. I'm pretty sure no. Gary Rowan actually went back to halfback. Yeah, in the second half he did. Half-time yeah. to try and just get some kind of run. And he showed glimpses, but just they just didn't really have anything. No. And just a bit more from a port perspective, because obviously I'm, as I say, I'm completely Passionate. <laughs> yeah, Port's midfield didn't fire. Like, no. They were okay. Wines, Boak, Drew were all serviceable. But in the clearances... Geelong's beat them 37 to 29. And in centre clearances, 15 to 3. Yeah. Port Adelaide won three centre clearances all game. All just like illustrating how good of a game O'Leary had. Because like, yes, that all exactly. comes off that backline rebound. And so, you know. Penny like, and Jonas were just. Un- and like. And then Port could just lock it into their forward 50 in general play. Yep. And Jonas and O'Leary were just patrolling that sort of centre line pumping it back in and Dixon bringing it to ground and Rosie and Gray and um, Orazio doing their thing. That, yeah, no, it was, excited. You, I can excited. see you're excited. So it, you will play the winner between, uh, am I right in saying Brisbane Western Bulldogs? Yes, that's correct. Yep, so if I was you, I'd prefer to be in um, Melbourne situation where you play the winner of yep. Geelong GWS, but... Yep. I still think that you guys have got it over both those those clubs. I think so. Um, those, yeah, like they're they're both kind of danger teams, but they were both off yep. on the weekend. Yep. Um, and I still the think Bulldogs that obviously got it done, but I, I, we'll talk about it later on. But I still think that you know that score isn't reflective of how underwhelming that Western Bulldogs. Like back line and forward line is. I don't think like anywhere they just don't have keys to be able to match up with like the likes of Charlie Dixon and, and a big marking target. Who's a big marking target? You know, is Georgie Artis he's probably looking to come back in if there's a spot there for him. Um Yeah, if there's a spot. Toddy Marshall. They just don't have backs to be able to man that like 
tall bleeding power, uh, yep. along with Orazio and Motlop just at their feet the whole time. So, uh, yeah, I lo- I really like the look of um, of Port against the Bulldogs. Brisbane's another yep. story, but um, yeah, we'll talk about them later. Some, something else that struck me over the weekend is the depth that these teams have at this time of year. Mm. So, like, you look through the like the 18 on the ground and you're like, yeah, they're all like going to be fairly decent players. They'll match up fairly evenly. Yep. And then one of, like, no, just notice looking at some teams, like, no, the Cats line up pretty well. But, like, Port, I'm really happy with their interchange bench. Yep. But then I'm also pretty happy with their emergencies. And I know this is a weird kind of take, but the fact that they've got Sam Powell Pepper, who didn't get a look in today, uh, on the Friday night. Didn't Mitch he? Georgiades. Nah. They've got okay. Sam Mays, who's been really serviceable. Yeah. Um, they've got some really quality players who can't get a gig. Yeah. And that, to me, is the sign of a team that's really in a good spot. Whereas I look at... Western Bulldogs. Yeah. Once I get past their midfield, I'm like, you're worried. You, you guys, like you're not going to win the fifty fifties past your midfield. No. And I think Brisbane were kind of similar. They've had a few injuries. Um, Joey Denneher didn't fire, and they just they start to look a little bit thin. Yeah. Um, but I think those top four teams. Whereas you look at Melbourne, and their their three emergencies were Jake Melcham. Nathan Jones and Michael Hibbard. Yeah. All really good footballers who yep. are just a little bit past their in prime. the starting like they're in the starting side of pretty much, you know, sixteen other clubs. Yeah, exactly. So right. I yeah. think I think that's another just thing I noticed over the weekend. Not big time. Uh, we'll move on that to the too. next game yep. to uh, <laughs> the devastating loss that we had. Um, oh, and mate, I felt for you. I, I felt for you. I tell you, like I you know, You've got to pay respect where it's due. Uh, GWS, they kicked well. They had faith in a lot of their players. Their players, they stepped up to the game. Big Perryman, Harry Perryman had a great, great game, ripping down, 29 disposals, 22 he kicks. Huge. He was huge off he that back line. He was huge in that last quarter too. Yeah, he was. Um, and you've seen that before. Sorry to interject. <laughs> but, um, you saw it with when the Giants made the grand final in 2018. Mm. Remember that? Uh, that Collingwood prelim where it was just getting pumped in and they were just under the pump. Yeah. Like they were leading by two points for like the last 10 minutes. Yeah. And Collingwood had it in their forward 50 the whole time, but they just found a way to hold on. They were yeah. definitely lucky, but you've got to tip your hat to the grit that they've got. Like yeah. Just to be able to hold on in I, those situations. I agree, but I also wanted to flip that on its head. We... We had seven scoring shots to their one in that last quarter. We should have won this game by thirty-five points. Like, yeah. we didn't play. We didn't play at the caliber that we played. You know, you put that against a Port or a Geelong, they don't make that mistake, and you end up getting beat by thirty-five comfortably because you can't hold off that last quarter. They played yeah. three quarters of excellent footy and then just scraped through in the last. And yeah. Purely based off their opponent's poor kicking, and so yeah. I, um, yeah, I tip my hat to them for three quarters. I am worried if I'm a GWS supporter <laughs> oh, <laughs> for that last yeah, quarter because sure. that was sure. that was pretty devastating. Um, 
Azus. It looked like Isaac Handy was gonna just win the game off his own boot there, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, did it. Um, I, him and Fr- uh, Lance Franklin. He had, I think it was yeah. seven minutes ago. Buddy had a kick from his favorite, uh, favorite oh. flank out on the opposite side for a left footer, and he's fucking literally, hit the post. Literally seen Buddy kick five hundred of them. Yep. He has kicked that five hundred times at AFL level. Yeah. Um, but the ones that. Oh, the ones that would have killed you was Tom Hickey. I've just got him in front of me. Yeah. The space of uh, four to five minutes, Tom Hickey, Sam Wicks, and James Bell yep. had shots from 20 meters 15 out. to 20 metres out. Yeah. Pretty much straight in front. Yeah. Like, you just, you, you should be kicking 19 out of 20 of them anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely. The fact that they missed three of them, like, they kick one of them and they seal it. GWS Sam Sam Wicks's one was pretty tough. I remember that it one. Was, that was on the run. That was a harder one. But yep. that James Bell one, he was top of the goal square. Yeah, he was. He was literally on a slight angle in front of the goals. Um, yeah. Tom Hickey, as much as I want to badmouth him, holy shit, he is playing oh. some good footy at the moment. He, for kept, you, the he boy, kept you in it at the same time. For the bloke that he is, he has no fear. Like You, you compare him against Mummy. Yeah, Mummy flogged him in the hitouts. But around the ground, he just had no answer. Like he was, he's mobile. He backs his kick. He's got a beautiful left foot, and he's strong in his strong in the air. He took three or four intercept marks out of yeah. full back there late in that yep. quarter, bombed it back in. It just can't kept coming back out at him. Yeah. Um. You know, like the Swans, we just didn't live up to what we should have played. I mean, ten goals, thirteen. It was ten goals, seven with about ten minutes to go in that last quarter. So, yep. you know. We did it to ourselves, and uh, yeah, Toby Green had a had a great game. Three goals, one, two, two or three of them in the first half. So, um, yeah, he, yeah, he's their powerhouse down there. Jesse Hogan played his role, got two goals Jesse in the Hogan, end. Jesse Hogan, he didn't. He probably should have kicked three or four. Yeah, but remember we were talking about how the Giants didn't like. I think it was only the last podcast we had. The Giants lacked that key, key forward. forward. Yeah, um, like Himmelberg tries but he's not that just dumped down the kick down the line yeah like your charlie dixon or your lance franklin type who yeah never get outmarked yeah but they're looking they're hands, looking to get his that his hands were unreal yeah on the weekend they're really good scores. yeah yeah exactly and they're actually looking to get somewhat of a forward out of zach sprout who's been playing really well yeah. recently and kicking straight as an arrow he's had two goals yep. nothing on the weekend i think he's consecutively kicked goals in the last four games um, and he's been playing some really good footy for a kid who's been, you know, barely scraping games like here and there, kind of just fills in and gets dropped yep. consistently. He's strung a few games together and looks like he's cementing that's his spot in that side, which is good to see. And look, in fairness to the Giants, they're like their improvements come from blokes like who no one would really know, like Zach Sprout, Jake Stein, Isaac Cumming, yep. really good. I thought he did hurt his ankles, he might miss. Yeah, but. Um, Connor Iden, it's these sort of blokes who most people wouldn't like, wouldn't know if they bloody bumped into them in the street. Yeah, exactly. Um, they wouldn't know who they are, but yeah. And another one, Sam Taylor. Yeah. He's only a 21, 22 year old kid. He's a, he had Buddy a good looked game. like, like in that first half, Buddy had kicked three. Yeah. Sam Taylor was pretty close to the Giants' best on. Yeah, 100%. Like he, He's a seriously good defender, and he made Buddy work for everything. 
Yep. Um, yep. Yesterday. No, um, I. Saturday. I can agree with that. Um, let's move on. I'm getting sad thinking about it. Yeah, sorry. Quite <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, uh, Melbourne, Brisbane. This game, I can. Uh, I didn't actually watch much of this game. I have to admit. I. Yep. Charlie Cameron's had five. Holden Ollie. Um, yeah. Bailey Fritch with four. I genuinely, if you look at Bailey Fritch, I'm sorry, he's not a forward. He looks like a little twiddly youngster that plays off the halfback flank. He's a weird, weird looking. He's a weird looking operator, operator and I feel like he's got a different haircut every single time he <laughs> takes the field. Um, it's like slightly different, <laughs> slightly it irregular. Up like. Remember Syndrome on the Incredibles? Yeah, yeah it's, it's just got that sort of like stick straight up. I wonder it's if like I if, if you, we can get on Syndrome would be crossing, um, it would be a cross between Clayton Oliver and Bailey Fritch. Yeah, and then oh, you've got Syndrome from yeah. the Incredibles. Yeah, it take take the hair color and the the face of Clayton Oliver, and then just yep. the stiffness of the hair from Fritch, yep. and I reckon you know stiff. It's <laughs> stiffness. <laughs> Um, yeah, but the uh, the D's got it done fairly comfortably. Um, this was at Adelaide Oval. Oh, I didn't realise that. Yes, yes, That's, it um, was. Well, it could have been, they could have played at the Gabba, but because the D's were the home team, they obviously yeah. didn't want to play it there. Yep. Um, so, I don't know. This was, well, the D's were just too good. Yeah. They just flexed their muscle and, uh, I mean, I think... With um, Eric Hipwood having gone out there late in the season, yep, they're very much relying on Joe Danaher, who's so to, hit and miss. Like, he needs to stand up, yep, and he has thus far. This was the only game of the season that he hasn't kicked a goal. Yep, Charlie looked dangerous and electric, and yeah, he was he was brilliant. He kicked five goals, but he was he looked really dangerous for him down there. But just no one else looked. Remotely dangerous. Yeah. Like, Zach Bailey's been kicking goals. Lincoln McCarthy has. Um, Danaher, but they, none of them really fired a shot. And yep. they just flexed their muscle through the midfield. Yeah, big to time. To be honest, it was just Petrarca and it was um, Oliver yep. and Brayshaw and these sorts who were just, yeah, they just dominated through the middle. It was slippery conditions, so tough yeah. for It's a men, fairly, like, if you look through the stats, it's a fairly even matchup. I mean... Melbourne edges Brisbane out in just like just about everything, but only just edging them out. Yep. Clearances yep. were dead heat, forty-four all. Um, hitouts were to the favour of Melbourne, obviously with uh, Maxi. Um, yep. Centre clearances only just Melbourne. Stoppage clearances actually went to Brizzy. Uh, but you know, like and across the board, it's it's you know there's a couple more turnovers for Brisbane. Yep. Um, and watching that game, that was a pretty fair indication because it was just that, like, Melbourne were just that two, three goals better than them. Yeah. And then I think Petrarca kicked a couple of, like, kicked a couple of junk time sealers. Yep. Um, to sort of blow that out to 33 points. Yep. It wasn't an awful performance from Brizzy, but it was just one of those ones where it was like, you know, they almost, they might have played their last weekend yeah. to try and make that top four yeah. um, I reckon they'll be able to regroup and I reckon they'll I think they'll go in favourites against the Dogs oh, I yeah I think so too on Sunday that's going to be a great game yeah well we can talk about the Dogs now the yeah. Dogs Essendon um, 
down in Tassie. Tassie, yeah, blowy Tassie. It was a fairly the consistent Dons looked, game. Don's looked really good early. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, we um, well, it was all all square up until halfway through the third term. Yeah, um, and when it was like it was absolutely bucketing down, but it was dry for the first ten or fifteen. Yeah, and Essendon had that smooth ball movement, and their runners like. Like, Darcy Parrish was still awesome, but the likes of Shield and Merritt were getting out in the open as well and looking dangerous. Yeah. And then it started absolutely bucketing down. Yeah. And it just turned into a shit fight. And the big bodies of the dogs midfield, like your Dunkleys, yeah, Bailey Smith even, and Bontempelli and these blokes, yep. they were just harder and tougher. And they just played better wet weather footy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, all right, Darcy Parrish, um, he had 24 at the half um, yep. and he's ended up with 35. So obviously that that uh, rain has taken a bit of effect. But like, you know, we, we talk about the, the big bodies. Darcy Parrish would be their tallest midfielder out of their three starters and he's not a big boy. He's a, quite a small kid. Um, Zach Merritt's tiny and Dylan Shields not much bigger. So... Um, yeah, you talk about when you're putting up against Bailey Smith, Bonabelli, and even likes of Libertore and stuff like that. It's it's just not a matchup that you want in wet weather footy. So I think that's probably a pretty good summary of what actually happened is, you know, Essendon, they came out firing. Um, they looked really, really good, looked like in it. And I think it was only two or three points of difference at halftime. Uh, it got really wet, conditions turned to shit. And Bulldogs turned it on in the last half. Yeah, so yep, they did. However, I reckon with the one day less break and yep. that real like it was a it was a slog fest. Yeah, um, that's like there'll be some tired sore bodies. I agree. Um, and like less so than what Brizzy will. Brizzy yep. up in. Um, so this is what game we. Talking, oh, this is Saturday night's yeah. game. Um, Brizzy, yeah, up at, up at the, the Gabba. Gabba. They'll have pretty much a full house. Yeah. They'll be fairly fresh. I reckon, I just reckon that they'll be a bit too good for the dogs. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, and then I'm actually going to throw in, I'm going to go for the Giants. Um, yeah. Actually, actually, we'll talk about this too, but in that top eight, there is not a single side apart from Geelong that I wouldn't hate seeing in the grand final. Like, yeah. if I see Geelong in the grand final, I'm going for the other team because I fucking hate Geelong. I hate Joel Selwood. I hate Tragic Dangerfield. I hate Tom Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> the only bloke Tommy I really Hawkins. like from there is Gary Rowan, and that's because he was an ex one. <laughs> and even, I'm not a massive fan of Gary Rowan either, but... Um, yeah, no, I, I would love to see a port. I'd love to see port in the granny. I think the port, you've got your, I think you've got a good, your best chance out of anyone to be in that granny. And I think that you're going to be coming up against Melbourne. You'd think port and Melbourne are the two best teams at the moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've just I, literally picked the ones that I, have been, <laughs> that have gotten through I, the yeah, prelims. Yeah, for sure. But, <laughs> but if I were Melbourne, I would be pretty confident um, waiting in that prelim. You've yep. got either the Cats who look old and slow yep. and the Giants who it's just so hard to win um, like coming from 8th or whatever. Like yep. you've got to win well, 3. 
they looked battered and bruised at the end of last game. I reckon yep. they could. I've, I'm really hoping they give the Cats a Cats a real good run for their money. Yeah. Well, Danger's playing with a hand injury at the moment too. Uh, Joel Selwood doesn't seem to be himself, um, which is good. Uh, Joel Selwood dead set had like twelve touches. Yeah, and s- it was just junk. He was seven, he had seventeen, but they were all junk time touches too. They were literally, I think he Danger yeah, had ten. Did nothing all game until like the last five minutes where it was just game was done. Yeah, and then he got a couple of those. You know, he breaks away from the contest. Yeah. And, Runs for fucking 35 metres and then kicks it, like shanks it 45. It looks <laughs> like he's a really good metres game player. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> he did that a couple of times at the end. But it was like, yeah, righto, bruv. You literally, Willem Drew has just worn you like a glove all yeah. game. And you have done nothing. Mitch Duncan, I've got a little spot, soft spot for Mitch Duncan. I don't mind him. He's a bit of a, just sort of workhorse, goes about it quite Yeah, yeah. The fact that he was their main midfielder after coming in, off like 10 weeks off yeah was is a bit of an indication of maybe where the they're at yeah the yeah i agree so yeah i'm tipping the giants and i'm gonna go with the lions as well yeah cool uh good all right oh well do we want to do look we'll just quickly give a quick shout out to those who retired i don't have them in front yeah. of me but eddie betts and uh silk burgoyne yep. shawnee burgoyne were the two main ones, uh, yep. Basher Hawley and Mark Murphy, uh, Dave Asprey as well. Mark Murphy, um, always some quality, quality footballers who finish up. Yeah, um, we went on about it in the one that we didn't record on Friday. We went on for about <laughs> twenty five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> talking about his highlights, Eddie's highlights. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, oh. Eddie's highlights, my lord. Oh. I tell you what, there's a bit of shit popping off in the world right now, but yeah. Eddie's highlights just make everything maybe better. maybe that's what my computer did it decided <laughs> oh, i'm gonna go watch eddie's highlights rather than record this podcast yeah um, yeah and look who could blame it i don't blame i don't blame it whatsoever uh but the, on that we didn't actually mention it because we didn't record um the goal of the year is uh it's been speculated that it might be renamed as eddie Betts goal of the year and i think that that be. is as perfect of a finish to your career as it possibly can for Eddie. So that's, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that'd be really good. I'd like to see that happen. Yeah. Um, Parks. Yes. Look, you've got a f- little bit of time until like seven o'clock when you want to go back. Yes. Do you want to go through and we'll do a little bit of analysis on the Australian team? I would love to do that, Tom. That would right. make me very, very happy. Awesome. So I've got an idea. We can have a look at the uh, actual Australian team. Yep. But, we can also pick our own Holy Grail, uh, Holy Grail Australian team. I we could actually. That is a great idea. So what I'm thinking is, if you can get the Australian squad up in front of you, yep, and then you will just take it in turns. You can have first pick. You pick the back pocket. I'll pick fullback. And right. Then you pick the back pocket. Okay. And so on and so forth. Yep. Um. And yeah, we can go from there. Right, so I've got the team up here at the moment. So we'll start with okay. our uh, back six. So we've got Jake Lever, Stephen May, Tom Stewart, Bailey Dale, Aaliyah Aaliyah, and Daniel Rich. Um, yep. I don't have many complaints in there. Is there anyone you would change there? The only person I'd think about throwing in there, but 
wouldn't be disappointed if he wasn't in there uh, is uh, Jake Lloyd. A bit of bias there, but I think, you know, he's such yep. a versatile player. Um, he had an absolute yep. ripping year. I think he averaged like 27 disposals as a back pocket, yep. half-back flank. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's a little bit of bias in that one. But yep. like I said, I'm not disappointed with any of those picks. I think Jake Lever and um, Tom Stewart, uh, both fit that role really well. Yep. Stephen May, obviously, I think he's probably the best back in the league at the moment, apart from Alirio, who's playing as an back. So um, the only the only one I had, I actually did my uh, Australian team when the squad first came out oh, yeah. sometime last week. Yep. And the only one I had in was Jake uh, Weedering over oh, yep. Steve May. Yep. However, I. I think I agree with May, and that's mainly because um, who was it? Who put it up? Oh, the- uh, Cam Zerha from the North Melbourne Cam, uh, in his personal Facebook one tagged Nick Larkey and said, "Yeah, there's no way that Jacob Wiedering can get in when old Nick Suvalaki kicks <laughs> on him one day." So. Look, you know what? That's fair enough. That's that enough is to convince me. I reckon that is. Um, I I agree with that. No, I I'm a big fan of Stephen May. I think he goes about everything really, really well. Um, yep. And so, uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with that backline. Um, yep. Yeah. No, I'm sticking with that backline. If we have a look through the mids, then. Yep. Um So Zach Merritt on a wing. Yep. And Ollie Wines in the center and yep. Sam Walsh on a wing. Now, when you're talking, this is always a bit of a area of conversation yep. with your Australian team. Yeah. It's a bit the same with the um, half forward flanks. Yeah. Do you pick wingmen to play on the wing? So there's always a million unbelievable midfielders yep. who deserve a spot probably, but there are only limited spots so they generally just throw someone who never actually plays on the wing yeah onto the all-australian wing now i think Merritt's okay because i feel like Merritt is a bit of a winger yeah um i think Hugh McCluggage might have been a little bit stiff here that's the person I was he, thinking is of. The, he is the old school like he's actually a wingman yeah that's his role and he does it brilliantly yeah um but they've gone with sam walsh who i think sam walsh probably maybe deserved a gig but just doesn't really play wing. Well, I'm just looking through here and who I would actually take out. And if I'm honest, I'm probably going to take Sam Walsh out. Uh, he yeah. has had an unbelievable year, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I tend to agree with you. I Not not so much that I want genuine wing, but you can't pick genuine midfielders who don't play at wing at all yeah. on the wing. I think that you've got to have that kind of balance. You can't really... yeah. So I think Hugh McCluggage was probably pretty stiff to miss out there. Um, so we might we might put McCluggage in there. I think we put McCluggage um, in there. Gorn, McRae, and Oliver. Yep. Jack McRae is a little bit interesting for me. I that that's the person I'd drop. I'd definitely drop him out. Um, I don't rate him that much. Maybe no. it's just the way I watch footy, but he like he's a super coach gun. He gets yep. a million touches. Yep. all the time but I just don't rate him all that much see this is what I would do I would have had uh, Bontempelli up into the guts for McRae yep. and then I yep. would have picked another forward either between Charlie Cameron and Jake Stringer yes um, so I yep I think look I actually had 
oh, we'll move on to there then. And I, like, we're happy with Gorney. Yeah, we're, we're happy, happy with Gorney. We're happy with Absolutely. Oliver. Yep. This is just the bit that annoys me a little bit is Bontempelli and Petrarca. Yeah. Unbelievable footballers. Yeah. But they play 20% of their time at half forward flank. Yeah. Bont Bonds definitely plays more up there. Traka, yeah. them barely ever plays up there. He, I'd, I'd say they're 10% of be pushing it. So, um, but anyway, they've gone them. They've gone Hawkins at um, centre half forward. forward. Yep. Um, I also find that a little bit interesting, but that's also just yep. my. I don't like Geelong. <laughs> um, I did have Hawkins in because he did. Kick, well, McCoy, Harry McCoy kicked the most goals. Well, this year, yeah, you're talking your top two in your, in your Coleman. Yeah. So. Generally, the way it goes, yeah. and then Toby Green and Tommy Schnappley yep. in the forward pockets. I I like that. I really like that. Yeah, I think to, um, like Toby Green's the best small forward in the league. Yeah. Um, Tom Papley's not far behind him. Yeah, I think I actually had I had a toss up between. I reckon Dane Zorko was in the squad. He's sort of slept on a fair bit. He is very. He could have been there or thereabouts, and he's actually that more half forward, like more so than a Petrarca. Yeah. Um, and maybe Bailey Fritch because he has been he has kicked a lot of goals this he year. He has. I know he's, he's had a great weird. year. Yeah, he's a bit weird looking. Yeah, but well, yeah. you would have you would have one hell of a superhero if he was in the side along alongside oh, Clayton. Uh, he'd have absolutely. syndrome in the side. But absolutely. Maybe they would just like morph like the Power Rangers into like <laughs> syndrome. <laughs> um, and then off the off the bench, we've got Darcy Parrish, Nick Natanui, Took Miller, and Jack Steele. Jack Steele. Oh, I'm pretty happy with that four. I think yeah, um, all those blokes, all those blokes deserve to go. Yeah. Um, and so that sort of leads on to I don't have it exactly in front of me, but it was essentially Wags asked us. In a Holy Grail male, um, yeah. who's who's the biggest snub from this year? Yeah, and do you have any in particular? Um, I think I mentioned in there that uh, Jake Stringer. Yeah, I think Jake Stringer is probably up there, and we also spoke about Hugh McCluggage. Um, my my big one that I've just actually seen his name come up is Christian Salem. Um, I don't know where you fit him. Yeah, but. Maybe in the way of Bailey Dale or Daniel Rich, but um, he's had an unbelievable year. Uh, that back line of Melbourne's is as elite as it gets, uh, especially when you throw Maxi Gorn back there as another tall target, like another tall kind of intercept marking target. Um, but yeah, I um, I don't really have anyone apart from that. I probably my biggest one would probably be Jay Stringer. Um, whether he's had whether he was consistent enough early enough in the year that's his argue, that's his big one yeah he has been like he was the reason that uh, Essendon made a push for finals like yeah um, Merritt's been really solid all year Darcy Parrish has been excellent yeah um, but they really needed Stringer to fire to be able to push him into that finals contention yeah and then on the weekend he didn't fire and yeah no I agree pretty ordinary yeah um, so yeah I don't know. I'm pretty happy with it. Charlie Cameron maybe in a forward pocket. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm probably dropping Jack McRae out. Yeah. Throwing Bonds into the guts and throwing Charlie Cameron or Jake Stringer onto that half forward yep. flank. Jake Stringer is probably like he's almost you'd almost argue that he's a good replacement for Bond because he is a forward, yep. but he's been playing a lot of mid third uh, well, as a bigger he's body. He's actually that. 
he's actually that utility like, forward mid. Like yep. he actually plays 50-50 of his time there. Yep. Um, Tom Papley's been starting yep. the midfield for us too, which is um, which is a good yeah, right. little one to have uh, up there. Um, but if you look on the AFL site, they've got a little. Um, I did just see this little tribute. Uh, what's it called? A poll. And yep. Jake Stringer has the most votes for the unluckiest to miss out in the in the selection. Yep. Um, but yep. that also leads us on to the next one. Do you believe this is from Wags? Do you believe nobody from Collingwood or Richmond deserves to be in that squad? Uh, I believe no one from either of those sides deserve to be in this side. Uh, Richmond were had a terrible year. I'm sorry, Wags. They were awful this year. None of them really yep. shone. To the potential that they have been before, um, Jack Rewalt's probably the only one you could potentially talk about. But nah, he doesn't make it for me in front think, of any of those forwards. And I think as a general rule, you look at this team, yep. and there are from clubs who didn't make the finals. There's Jack Steele, Nick Natanui, Tuke Miller. Yeah. So Jack Steele and Tuke Miller were unreal. Yep. They had to be there. Nick Natanui is apparently the number one rated player in the comp or some shit yeah that is just or something dog shit <laughs> which i don't really get and i didn't really watch much west coast but you yeah. know whatever nick nat's a good player when he's on but he's actually a really good interchange player because that's where he spends about 60 percent of the game fucking <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 bang <laughs> um, um and then he he spends he spends fifty percent of the season actually not even picked so yeah, yeah that checks out but still um, the number one player in the AFL yeah yeah and then Harry Mackay won the Coleman deserves full forward spot Sam Walsh breakout year yeah deserves a spot everyone else is from a final side so you can't really argue too much that nah like that and even the fact that they had anyone in the squad like who's getting in Jack Rewalt I thought. By his standards, Jack Rewalt had a shit year. Jack Rewalt had a terrible year, yeah. Um, and from Collingwood... Taylor Adams uh, was there or thereabouts, but like when you're comparing it to the mids that are in that side, like he's not even in the same postcode. I don't reckon, he, I don't reckon he's in the top 30 mids in the comp. No, nah, I, I agree. Um, anyway. And so and Jordan Ngoi, like he's a, he's a Dustin Martin type player. When he's on, he's pretty hard to stop, but... He turns. He rocks up uh, once every blue moon. So, yeah. uh, and and Collingwood seem to still be thinking that they're going to build this massive franchise around him. No, no. I if I was Collingwood, I'd be rebuilding and I'd be seeing what I can get out of selling him off because they've got a. He's a yeah, they're they're from the ground up. Type yeah. Operation. Yeah. Um, I think they're from the ground up, and even, I think that like even bloody. They could shop Jordan Ngoi around for a yeah. fair bit right now. Oh, for sure. I think they need to Even do it. Even Pendles wants out. Yeah. Even Pendles is bloody putting feelers out for um, see if someone else will take him on as a coach, then he might go he might go there to finish his career like a Sam Mitchell sort of did. I he went to West Coast for a year. I don't look, mind it. Well, I think that Kine would have just got to say, yeah, Pendles, look, we'll, we'll keep you for life. Yeah. Play for another two years and then you can stay here as long as you want. Yep. Anyway. Anyhow. All right, that's 59 minutes. I have got 59 minutes, Tom. So guess what? That's good. It's still recording. I've been checking constantly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, are you going to get nightmares every time I see 5-9 put together? Um, (laughs) All right, so 
Do we keep on keeping on? Oh, I feel I like make it, I feel make like a big one. We haven't been here for a while, so we might as well. That's true. Yeah. Um, NRL. I haven't really been paying much attention to the NRL. No, the first bit of, that I watched was Joey Marno getting his head taken off. Yeah. By yep. by so, big man. And look, we've covered that fairly convincingly. Yeah. You look at the ladder and it's still Storm Panthers, Rabbit Seagulls, Eels and Roosters and then the Knights and the Sharks getting all excited because they're going to make the top eight and then they're going to get absolutely blown off the park. It's, it's the like, same thing we're even... thinking about with the, the Dragons. Like The Dragons were sitting in sixth, like they were seventh, I think, yeah. and um, the Knights are now sitting there. The Knights yeah. are terrible. They are such outside a bad team. Ponger, <laughs> outside of Kalen Ponga, they have very, very little. Yeah. Like, Nothing. And the Sharks, uh, I don't really know. But I don't know. Let's not really waste our breath. I was um, I was use. thinking about, sorry, I, I was thinking about yeah, committing right. to a team, to like barracking for a team this, uh, at the end of this year to see who wins yeah. and I'll just go for that team, I reckon. But I cannot bring myself to go for the Storm. Um, no. And I sure as hell would never go for the Roosters. So uh, hope, hopefully the Panthers win. Hopefully yeah. my mate Matty Burton I can support him for the off season before he goes over to, to the maybe, Bulldogs. Maybe you should follow him to the Bulldogs. Oh no, <laughs> That'd thanks. Be good for <laughs> no um, thanks. Nah, the big the big news out of this week was well, you wouldn't know, but outside of it's pretty much just been Latrell Mitchell on every single Facebook yep. league post you see. But the Eels got over the top of the storm, so. The Storm, I think they were gunning for like 19 in a row, which was going to be, I don't know, the most ever or something. Yep. Um, but the Eels have pipped them. So the Eels have, all of a sudden, all the Fox League articles are going from the Eels could not, like, they are just awful. There's no way they yeah. get another game for the season. And now they've come out and beat the Storm. Um, and all of a sudden, the Eels are going to win the Premiership again. Yeah. Is <laughs> <'Cause> that... <laughs> Yeah, um, I noticed. Um, Storm a little bit, a little bit undermanned. Uh, the Fox picked up a bit of a hamstring strain, so that's a blow to them. But it's the Storm, yep. so who cares? Yep, I agree. Um, <laughs> the Knights have just pipped the the Titans by a point. Um, yeah, it looks like a field goal I, by the looks of the score. I, it was a field goal. I had that in the background, but I was enjoying our family game of. We're playing Family Feud. I was enjoying that more nice. than watching the Knights Titan spectacle. So, nice. I chose not to. Uh, chose not to watch that one. God, you're lucky. Um, the to Raiders see your family, came back mate. from. The Raiders <laughs> came back from. Oh, that's grim. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to cut in there. <laughs> Sad the Raiders parks. came back from 16 nil to win 28 16 over the Warriors. Yep. That the rabbits. Sorry, no. It's absolutely swacked the Roosters. Yeah. 54 to 12. Yeah. Joey Manu was not the only broken thing for the Roosters. No. Um, they, Sam Price's heart was as well. That was that was also broken. Um, yeah, that was an absolute dicking. And I remember yeah. I remember I, I picked up uh, Pluto to go for uh, a round of golf on Saturday morning. And he's like, oh, who are we playing with? I was like, oh, Pricey. He goes, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, I had no idea about the score. And sure enough, yeah, I looked at the score when we got up there. I understand why. Sam was in a pretty bitter mood when I told him that we're playing golf at 7.30 in the morning. It was blowing a gale. Um, 
I don't think that was the only reason. <laughs> oh. Poor little Sam was devastated. But oh, well. he'll survive. He'll survive. And <laughs> the Roosters surely cannot survive anymore. No, I, I think that they're going to go out pretty quickly in the finals. Um, the Red V went down to the Cowboys. So the Cowboys won their first game since like May or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> so good on them. Um, Dragons <laughs> are having the biggest fall from grace ever. The Red V is a part of me. They they literally... So I think I feel like it started when um, DeBellin came back. That it like it just gradually was like oh my god he's back he's back and then it was just kaput straight down like it was just yep. just like it just hit the climax and they just knew that it was going to come crashing down um, and there's no back up the hill uh, in sight for the dragons unfortunately the very very although they do have I've only really seen a few highlights but they've got a few like really quality like teenagers coming through yep um i'm pretty sure their whole spine is like under 20 yeah 21 or something well that's good so they've got that to look forward to but yeah still still a while off so they've also got a dick dickin from the rabbitos to look forward to on saturday night at 7 35 p.m oh yeah um sharks beat the broncos cool (laughs) um yeah, Eels beat the storm as we talked about. Yeah, the Bulldogs were ahead of Sea Eagles um, at half time, and it was like, oh, look out! Upset of the rear, upset like. And then after half time, Turbo comes out, <laughs> scores forty third minute, scores sixty six minute, scores seventy second minute, bang! See you and later. Sets up Jason Sarb out wide, and they win thirty six eighteen. No. Fucking furries. That's nice. That's um, nice. Tommy Turbo, Ruben the Garrick, best player in the game. He is. Ruben Garrick. Um, I had a piss with him in a nightclub a few weeks back, so we're actually best mates. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. he's, uh, he's become the first player to score 20 tries and kick 100 conversions, I'm pretty sure. Nice. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and also the Seagulls had Jason Saab, Turbo in about 12 games and Ruben Garrick all score 20 or more tries for the season. That's so there's something for you. There is something. That's something that made me more interested in the NRL than I was before. Because um, we were going through it like every team had a Fremantle next to it. Like with just a blend of colours like, oh, Fremantle played again. I don't care. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Sorry, Fremantle supporters and anyone that really supports NRL. I'm I'm really sorry that I I'm not as interested as you guys. But oh, you can't tell just... me that the Sharks Broncos game is something to get excited about because it's fucking not. <laughs> it's really just has, I just can't help but feel that the NRL has gone through the motions for the last like like since Origin. Yep. Or even before that, probably. But since the start of Origin, the NRL has just gone through the motions and every team that you would expect to win has won, except the Eels beat the Storm. Well, fucking whoop de doo They're still going to finish on top. Yeah. And the Eels are still going to go out first round. So, <laughs> like, doesn't really make that much difference. And the Panthers beat the West Tigers. Yeah. As expected, because they're a much better team than the West Tigers and they just got it done. Yeah. They just did enough. Did, um, I think we. I don't. I'm not sure if we spoke about this on the podcast, but has anyone in the NRL come to the realization that uh, if 
everything goes the way it goes. The Storm are going to be playing in purple jerseys in the grand final, and the Panthers are going to be playing in pink jerseys. How do how do people feel about that? Oh, I think you're right. That is... Yeah, that's, that's actually... That's a good shout from you. That's not a very uh, <laughs> aesthetically pleasing no. grand final to watch. Can someone especially, just, like, fix that up? Especially for the NRL, which is famous for having, like, just being riddled with toxic masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to have their two best teams playing in purple and pink in the grand final. And like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I reckon that's going to sit very well. I'm all, I'm all about purple and pink. I don't have a problem, oh. but I think that like, if you're the NRL, you're doing something to go. Ah, actually, Melbourne, you're going to wear your white jerseys, and Penrith are going to wear your black jerseys. Um, yeah, that's a good shout from you, Parks. So um, there's just something oh, to actually, sit on for a little bit. Also, Lachlan Lewis, who is the I don't know nephew or something of Wally Lewis. Yep. Uh, the great great Wally Lewis he plays for the Bulldogs and I'm pretty sure it's looking as though he won't get another contract next year interesting and he's got in shit this week because he's pinched one of the so they're in the hub and the NRL has come around and given him a few like I don't know sound systems couple of JBL speakers maybe a few Yui <laughs> booms that kind of gear yeah and Lachlan Lewis has pinched one <laughs> and then <laughs> tried to sell it on eBay <laughs> And he must be real out. worried he's not getting a, <laughs> getting a contract next year. He's trying to save all the pennies he's got. Supposedly, it's a, it was just a like piss take. But <laughs> one of the either NRL like people or one of the people at the top of the um, Bulldogs found it and were like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pretty sure Rocky Lewis will be getting in the bin. And... Um, yeah, so they'll apparently tear his contract up for that. And also, Adam Elliott got in shit this week for macking on with a AFL, uh, an NRLW player yeah. um, in a toilet. And then apparently there was this big bust-up because they'd locked themselves in a toilet cubicle and were making out. Well, I'm pretty sure that's not illegal, but whatever. Apparently, they got kicked out of the establishment. Yeah. So he might have his contract torn up for that. Although Matt Lodge can roll around uh, bashing up families in New York City and belting in their doors. Um, yeah. And he just has a little sit on the sideline for a couple of months and then comes back in. Nah, it's all good. All good, brother. No worries. Oh, oh well, so, at least, at least the, the boys, they'll just be able to go out and make another niche clothing brand that just oh, has no relevance to anything yeah. else because it's exactly the same as something else, but just with a weird name. So... Look, I do feel a little bit for Lockie Lewis and Adam Elliott, but it looks as though they'll lose their contracts for <laughs> trying to sell a Yui Boom and for macking on with someone in the toilets, respectively. So, unlucky lads. Yeah, no, nah, good on them. They're, 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 they're the definition of a list clogger. Um, yep. So, yep. yeah, no, nah, good on them. Don't come Monday, boys. No, no, I don't think they'll need to. I don't think they'll need to. <laughs> um, preview into round 25. Uh Oh, Why is the NRL season this long? You've only got 16 teams. Why do you need you to have 25 rounds? You could have stopped it in round eight and you would have had the same top eight. Yeah, it and wouldn't have mattered. You, you, could have played, you could have played 10 rounds and you'd have the same top eight. The only difference is the Dragons would have been there for the fucking finals if you, <laughs> if you had to cut it short. Um, oh, Jesus. So Ra- Raiders, Roosters. Uh, 
even though the Roosters look like all the wheels are falling off the bus, I'm going with the Roosters. Yeah, they'll probably still win. I'll go. I'll go Raiders for something different. Uh, Sharks, Storm, the Storm. Uh, Storm will bounce back and annihilate them. Um, Eels, Panthers. Panthers. Eels will go back uh, to their first round exit yeah, and yep. get flogged by the Panthers. Yep, I think exactly the same thing. Broncos, Knights. <laughs> um, I reckon maybe the Bronx will win this. Just, oh, it wouldn't surprise me. Hey, the just Knights just don't strike me just as a team that should be seventh. at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> how is that um, team seventh like we're oh talking like they're bottom four and they're seventh <laughs> cowboys cowboys seagulls um i'm tipping tommy turbo <laughs> yeah to I'm... outscore the cowboys by 12 plus yeah um yeah it should be cowboys tom to yeah. so but yeah no here uh, i'm tipping the seagulls Rabbitohs dragons make a rabbit. of the dragons. Rabbits will demolish imagine. dragons. Yeah, and dragons will oh, okay. go for. I really want to find this out. I actually want to find out oh, what the record. I've actually just checked. I've actually just checked the odds. Uh, the Rabbitohs are paying a dollar twelve to beat the dragons. Um, yeah, right. And that's if you give the dragons a forty-five point head start. Well, I just. <laughs> Shit, that was not delivered anywhere near like I wanted it to say. <laughs> um, so Dragons, they... What is it? The Dragons uh, record. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I think the Dragons are going to get pumped there. The Titans Warriors. Um, I don't really care. Oh no, couldn't give a shit. Probably the Titans. Um, Probably Titans. And then West Tigers, Bulldogs. Also, don't give yeah, a shit. This is this is the equivalent of finishing with Adelaide and North Melbourne on the last game of the season in the Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it's just shit. like it's just so. Just stupid. don't even bother. It's not worth. Just put a line through it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, there's the NRL for you. There's, is... a, there's some in-depth expert analysis of the NRL. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, this is something that will get you excited, Parks. And okay. look, I'm growing in excitement uh, about the NBA. I was out the Savo, I was practicing my jumper, like yeah, I want getting to a bit this. of a feel. Like you know, you just like the feel and the shape of like you collect the ball and you sort of just got some nice flow into a shot. I understand like, how much you would overanalyze the arc oh. of your shot shot heaps, like it heaps. would just be like, such just something didn't, just didn't would... get it up enough or just like didn't quite grip it right anyway i was feeling pretty good i think i shot maybe 10 from 200 so i was i was feeling good <laughs> shooting at five percent five percent's generous too <laughs> that's being very generous <laughs> when we're but shooting at the heart mate you're was, lucky to sink one for your 50 good. Mate, I was feeling good though. Yeah, that's good. That's all it'll, that matters. It'll click. It'll click, and I'll just start sinking him, and then you'll be in trouble, bro. Right, eh? But anyway, <laughs> nah, jokes. I'm not gonna see you for another year, bro. Yeah, that sounds about right at this stage. Um, but yeah, in other news, the boxing happened today. The big fight between Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley oh, that too. happened today. Um, basically, a YouTube star and uh, ex UFC. Uh, ancient re- relic uh, decided to cuddle in a ring for six rounds or eight rounds I think it was 
and um, Jake Paul ended up winning by split decision. And uh, I think I ended up. I looked at the at the scorecard. Um, it was like it was split decision, but the decisions were like it was like seventy seven, seventy four, um, eighty, seventy two, and then like seventy three, seventy nine in favor of Jake Paul. And like they are the most variated scorecards oh, yeah. you'll ever see between Just a couple between of refs. It is literally, all it is, is, hey, like, the boxing is just going up to them and going, hey, this is how you're going to score it. I don't give a shit what you do. This is how it's going to happen. The only way that this is going to go uh, as unanimous is if one of them gets knocked out. And it's all for publicity. It's so that Jake Paul brings in more money because, let's be honest, if Tyron Woodley's knocking out, not, not knocking out Jake Paul... But he's winning by decision. That's a bad look on boxing because Tyron Woodley is a mixed martial artist. He's from the UFC, who's their competitor. And so it makes sense to have this 24-year-old who's making them lots and lots of money continuously have fights rather than giving the 39-year-old Tyron Woodley, who's already had his prime, is out of it, giving him a crack. It just makes so much more sense for Jake Paul to win. And that's why he won. So interesting. So and this is the dude who was a Disney star, yeah. Yeah. Oh well, no. So I don't know if Jake was, but Logan, his brother, definitely is. Oh yeah, copy. So, um, but Jake's kind of made fame off him. Jake's definitely a, Jake's actually not a bad boxer. Like if you look at any videos that talk about his like technique and stuff, he's actually not that bad. He's still quite like very much an amateur, and he is boxing yep. against forty-year-olds. Along with Logan Paul. Yeah. Not to mention, people talk about Logan Paul and Floyd May- Mayweather like Logan's done this massive upset. Logan Paul is 6'3 or 4. Like, he's a fairly <laughs> decently well-put-together bloke. Floyd Mayweather's barely pushing 5'7. Like, he's tiny. And, and he's like 46 and years he's, old. Like, yeah, he's fucking... Put, and yet, yeah, he's probably the greatest boxer of all time. There is no doubt about that. Apart from maybe... Mike Tyson, he's 50, 50 and 0. Um, he's never had a professional like draw, never ever been knocked out. And um, they talk about Jack, like Logan Paul, like it's such a like a big thing for him, like blah, blah, blah. The dude cuddled Floyd for half the flight, fight and um, was wearing, I think, he, was he wearing headgear? I feel like he was wearing headgear. Which is just like, oh, I've got no you may as well have a sparring session in the gym out the back, like, and just put a bit of money on it. It's, it's yeah. just fuck. It's just such a raw, and I reckon boxing is just going down the fucking drain quicker than you can blink. And UFC is taking over because they're continuously putting fights on that are just like blowing people's minds. If people in their prime, it's personality against personality. Boxing is just purely politics and where's the money like it's that's all it is and i just don't like like having youtube stars as your main event is just fucking stupid like yeah we sit there and watch it and we're talking about it now like so it's obviously getting publicity but yeah i'm just not a fan of it hey so parks what you're telling me is boxing don't come monday don't come monday boxing (laughs) (laughs) 
because that was a long run. <laughs> that was a long run. I got a little bit angry then. I just I just saw a bit of red. I saw a bit of red. The, the bit on my screen's red, and I'm just... <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. All right, I've got a couple of just like NBA um, just points Drapers. that I want you yep. to just like give me some brief thoughts on. Roger. So uh, the Lakers seem a bit old. They're a bit old, yeah. Uh, they've picked up a couple of uh, young fellas. I mean, old fellas. Um, they've got an average age of like forty-two, don't they? Oh, I don't know about that, but they've definitely <laughs> they're definitely about forty-one and a half. Um, yeah, what they've got: Marcus Sol, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook. Um, who else is on there? I think Rajon Rondo is definitely like looking to join them again. I think Dwight Howard's with them again. Um, yep. that, like they're old, they're so old. Um, but you know what? It's done Geelong well. Why wouldn't uh, it do the Lakers has well? It though? Hey, has hey, it? we're talking about start of season. We're looking at Dad's Army. We'll, we'll backtrack to mid-season time. We'll talk about how good Dad's Army look. True. You never know. That's very true. Very true. Next point. Um, bit of chat about the Bulls and Heat shaping up nicely. Yeah, so I really, really like the look of the Chicago Bulls. They've picked up yep. uh, the Caruso, um, along with DeMar DeRozan, who fits in nicely with uh, the way that they'll play, I think. Um, having Zach Levine a bit off the ball too, I like the idea of that. Um, and I like that they've stuck with Zach Levine because I think he's a very, very underrated player. Uh, doesn't get nearly the credit that he deserves. He's an athletic beast, and he's and he's never had anyone around him at the Bulls. Oh he? fuck no, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, and they've now got what Lonzo, Caruso, yeah. Demarais, and Vucevic. Vucevic has slept on so much too. He's a an elite center, a shooting big, um, and so I really like the look of the Bulls. Um, uh, and the Heat. And the Heat. Uh, I actually don't haven't paid much attention to the Heat. I know Kyle Lowry has gone there, but um, what are your thoughts on the Heat, Tom? Uh, I've got no idea. I just sometimes watch uh, Colin Cowherd videos. <laughs> and I just get really excited about the Heat. <laughs> yeah, he would. Um, he would get excited about the Heat. Yeah, but he gets excited about everything. So, yeah. uh, I got. Um, all right, and what about can the Warriors challenge with Clay returning? As Chatty might be back around about Christmas time, um, do you reckon they can challenge? Oh, mate, any time that you've got the elite shooting of Stephen Curry matched with Clay Thompson and the defensive prowess of um, of Draymond Green, you've got to think that they're they're a chance. I mean, they seem to do that. I mean, they had Harrison Barnes in there, but who the fuck is that guy? Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that they're, they're every bit of a chance. And I think that Steph Curry's playing at a level that we haven't seen him before. He's unguardable. Yeah. He's a video game at the moment. Um, so you reckon? I can't wait to see him. He's in as good a form as he nearly has been. I think that in terms of understanding of the game and his ability to play with other players yep. is as prime as it could be. Yep. Um, I think I don't think he's in he's in as good a form as he was in his MVP years. Yeah. Um, he was a glitch. It wasn't even a video game. It was a glitch. 
back in 20, what was it, 2015, 2016. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 I fear for anyone who thinks that the Warriors won't be a chance when Clay returns because that's a pretty elite pairing. I mean, the Warriors were bloody good with what they had and they haven't really lost anything. So, um, yeah. Um, and last one, who do you think are really going to challenge for a championship? Maybe give me like two or three in the East, two or three in the West. Uh, I like Chicago. I like yep. Chicago. Um, I think that they're, they've just got the pieces. They've just got to be able to work together. Yep. Um, DeMar DeRozan's got that veteran head along with Vucevic. It's just about... It's, just about they'll get to the playoffs it's just how far they'll get in the playoffs with those young heads um the brooklyn nets obviously they'll get health they'll be healthy uh and they i reckon that they're dangerous next year um especially with the addition of patty mills yeah that's Um, nice that's really nice uh backup point guard that can shoot the ball really well especially when um uh, sorry dumb question Kyrie's point guard yeah yeah. Um. And so, like, he's been, well, on his fucking, he's gone more. Well, he's you know gone missing quite a few times. He's had his spiritual vitamins. Yeah. He's had his injuries. Not exactly the yep. most reliable player. Paddy Mills, no, on the other hand, would, is like literally reliability one hundred and one. Yeah. Exactly right. No, I like uh, I like Paddy. Um, and I think he can also play off the ball a lot more than what they've they've had. Like they've had some um some point guards. Yeah. As backups to you know the likes of James Harden and Kyrie Irving, yep. um, I think that having the ability to play off the ball for him is is a very yep. big key in what uh, how he be how successful he'll be. Uh, and obviously, I think the Milwaukee Bucks they're every chance of going back to back. So um, that if they get a good run, Giannis stays healthy, and and so does Middleton and, and Drew Holiday as well. Uh, they're every chance. So. Um, that's my East. Yep. Uh, the West. Uh, I like Golden State. I like the Lakers, obviously, and probably the Clippers. They're probably your three obvious ones. Golden State. Um, Lakers. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you throw in you throw in the likes of Denver. Denver seem to just like they just crumple a little bit. Hopefully, we see. Jamal Murray halfway through the season. Um, I doubt it, but you never know. Yep. Um, but yeah, look, I I think time's up in Oregon for Damian Lillard. Yeah. Um, is he going to move? Yeah. Is he going to transfer? Nah, he'll, he'll stay, stay, I think. He'll yep. he'll stay, but I don't know how long he'll stay for. Yep. I think, um, yeah, I'm not really sure how, what, what the go will be there. Um, I actually have zoned out of the NBA for the last pretty much since the end of trade trade season I I kind of just zoned out and just don't really give a shit until we're about halfway through the season and it all kind of when does it goes oh when does it kick off again oh I couldn't tell you honestly um the it it can't be that far away I know that Um, um I tell you what's also not that far away is yep the Ashes and the T20 World yep. Cup. Now, yep. obviously, cricket's sort of like... 
Like you are our, you're an NBA expert, and I'm sort of our, yep. I'm our off-season cricket expert. So I've been keeping a keen eye yep. on sort of what's been happening, keeping the ear to the ground, that kind of gear. Um, and I yep. tell you what, a couple of things. I don't reckon Australia cricket is in a very good space at the moment. I think no, I'm scared of turmoil between players and Justin Langer, and I feel yep. like that's the players like. Justin Lang is a real footy coach type vibe. So you've got this whole team, you need to gel them together, you need to get them playing on the same game plan, this, all this sort of shit. Yeah. Cricket is a individual sport disguised as a team sport. You do not yeah, need a footy coach to be the Australian cricket coach. Like, they're playing for Australia because they're fucking good cricketers. And <laughs> you only need, you don't need someone to rev at you and to bloody make you rewatch. remember when Ben Stokes remember back in the what was that thing called? was it the test yeah um, yeah and that Amazon documentary and yeah when Ben Stokes went off and they somehow lost that fucking test match in the ashes in England yeah and JL made them all watch the replay of it the morning after and like like sprayed them and shit like this you don't need someone like that um, nah. And he's been a great cricketer for Australia, but it seems as though there's some real like distrust between the players and JL. We're also got absolutely whacked by Bangladesh in a T20 competition, in a t- T20 tournament like two weeks yep. ago. We've got the T20 World Cup coming up in like a month or two's time. And yep. then we've got the Ashes. I am really worried about Australian cricket in general. Um, yeah, I agree. And so that's sort of my point number one. Point number two is Joe Root is the big boy of cricket right now. So apparently... Has, hasn't that flipped on its head? Apparently there's some England and India test matches going on at the moment or some shit. Like, I say it like that as if I haven't watched, you know, 50% of the matches and I haven't been staying up till 3am and then waking up at 7 <laughs> o'clock to rewatch the 20 minute replay as soon as I wake up um, <laughs> but uh, India it's 1-1 there it's um, yep after three games first one was a draw second one was like dead set Gabba 2.0 where India just won from nowhere and it was like <laughs> fuck India are never going to lose another test match and then like no one in England is scoring runs except Joe Root and he's scoring he scored 600s thus far this year this calendar year um, yeah. including four like big daddy like 180 pluses and he's in some unbelievable touch England have just beaten India by like an innings and 90 runs um, and so I reckon England are look England are actually shaping up okay and I think that the Ashes might be a little bit closer than what people might anticipate here in Australia well th- Australia will probably still win 4-1 but I reckon yeah. it, like I'm a bit worried about Australian cricket in England I'm a little bit moment. worried for him too honestly um, um yeah and then but the other the other quick one is that Coley so while Joe Root scored six centuries this calendar year eight months Coley has not scored a century in 50 straight innings so that makes me feel a little bit better that does that put that's a bit of music to my ears. It is. Um, because as much as he's probably like one of the best cricketers of all time, he 
It's a coat. It's good to hear him failing. <laughs> it's encouraging as, a, as an Australian cricketer. Uh, um, all right, last thing. Uh, what's, has anything caught your eye? Anything this last week or so? Because for me, I've um, there was just this one Facebook post from the good old trusty, yeah, good boy, good boy, good footy energies. And it was what fast yep. bowler do you emulate most oh, yeah. when you're doing yeah. imaginary cricket bowling at home is what it's called it. But you know, real, real fans just call it shadow bowling. Um, yeah. So he says he's been going Mornay Morkel as of late a bit. Interesting. Well. Very so, tall, very upright, yeah. big, and the big little, man vibes. And the little U-turn right at the start to get him going. Yeah. Um, just to kick yeah. off. So it's different. I don't mind it. What, what do you generally go for? Like fast bowling. Fast bowling. Fast, fast bowling. Um, I think I, I think I can speak for most fast bowlers that, kind of from our age. Yeah. Uh, you were either you're either a, a, a Brett Lee or you're a, a Glenn McGrath. Yeah. Um, and I personally was a Brett Lee. Yeah. The yeah. the really tuck everything, kind of bring that front arm into the body, yeah. and then just let loose on the on the way out, um, and quite a. A, quite an upright kind of run in yep. with the uh, right arm pumping, left arm pumping, and just bring everything in, just like, the crease, yeah. and let go. Yeah. Just throw yourself um, onto that front foot. In terms of spin bowling, though, you have to, you, ha- you just have to be warning. You to be like you can't, yeah. you, like unless you, even if you're finger spinning, you still do the, the Shane Warne, yeah. bend through. Yep. That's the yeah, couple of, the that's, couple of swings to wind up. Then, yeah. yeah, and even come in on a slight yep. angle. Yeah, always. Um, yeah. The other one, the yep. other one I try and do sometimes is yeah, I was probably more of a McGrath type, or like at the Shane Watson waddle in and just like medium pace bowl upright, like just get him nipping around. Yeah, I can I see like Shane to, Watson in you. Like to emulate Waddle a little bit, and then with the yep. spin, I do really like Lino mainly just like how high he comes over the top and how he like yeah really gets that height and that overspin like that top spin yeah and then yeah. just try and get it to really like zip up um that was another favorite always oh actually no yeah. jimmy faulkner with that out the back of the hand slower ball that he used oh to as yeah well. like obviously i'm right arm yeah. his left but when he was like i don't know probably circa 20 what 11 or 12 yeah and he was just like killing it in one day cricket like from 20 yeah. probably 12 to 2015 um and yeah, used to love the Jimmy Faulkner out the back of the hand. Let's um let's flip that on it uh, on a on its head. Yep. Um, who's your favourite batsman to emulate when you're playing backyard cricket? Because I feel like you've got those blokes that take it seriously, yep. and you know it's it's a game. It's it's a competitive game. Yep. Even if you're just playing with your aunts and uncles yep. out the backyard yep. at Christmas time. Oh, it's sheep you, stations, baby. You're making you're making. <laughs> Triple centuries yeah, out here, mate. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're not here to put socks on caterpillars. So, uh, who's your favourite batsman to emulate when you just have a little bit of a piss take once you've reached 350 yeah, runs? A little bit of a piss take. I used to love the Simon Caddick shuffle across. Yep. Um, and since then, more recently, obviously, like Smithy, just with weird shit going on everywhere. The yeah. That high, yeah. Like, like facing sort of gully in like Gully's yep. face with your back lid yep. and the like little bob get back and across and then work it to the leg side 100% of the time um, yep. and then 
Oh, I'd say that was probably the main one. I didn't have another one in my head. I can't think. Who's yours? Uh, well, initially when I was younger, I really, really liked the way Ricky Ponting yep. batted. Um, just the quite a small, stay low in your stance, just little small taps. And then just a real like exaggerate bringing your arms up yep. as the ball's delivered and planting your front foot to just smoke it or plant the front foot and then rock under your back foot for a pull shot. Yep. Um, I really like that. Uh, but more recently, uh, I've gone with, obviously, you, you're a bit silly if you're uh, doing it without protection on, but George Bailey, yep. um, yep. you you just like show no respect to the bowler whatsoever and just moon them. Yep. Yep. Um, and Peter Hanscom with his weird kind of twist yeah, the bat yeah, face and yep. bring it up and wobble it yep. like he's got Tourette's. Yep. Um, and so I, I've been em- emulating them a bit the other one, uh, recently. The other one I used to love, like you could only do it every now and then, but it was the Watto wafted straight drive where you oh, just yeah. get like, like I swear his pad, like he used to get his pad blown off all the time, but I swear his pad was like, I don't know, like a foot thick. Like it was just, <laughs> you just plant it down and get down on the one knee and just bang, straight up over the top. Justy Dor used to, he used to just love that shot. Um, yeah. And whenever you could yep. get a good Watto lofted straight drive, it was pretty impressive. Um, I think the 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 inside out um, lofted drive straight over cover is yep. one of the best best shots you can hit. Yep. Um, where you just give yourself a little bit more room on your offside, and you still just play straight through the ball, but yep. the natural way of your bat going it just makes it go over cover. Yep. Um, yeah. I know. Inside out over cover. Um, yeah, inside out over cover. It's just an excellent shot. I don't shot know. To play. In the backyard, I just feel really confident with the reverse sweep. Like, for some reason, because yeah. you know, in the backyard, grass is just a little bit long. People try like often sort of bowl fullies to you, and the yeah, reverse it stays sweep, low. Get low and just whack it around. Just all wrists, like Maxi, yeah. just snapping those wrists over. Love it. And and people people doubt that shot too. They mm. doubt it because they go, wow. This bloke, you can't consistently no, pull this off. He's just going to keep doing it. It's a fluke. And uh, sure enough, you end up making 200. Yep. They start thinking about it yep. differently. Um, yeah, I gave LJ and yeah. Jake some nightmares in the backyard yeah. at uh, Greenacre Road there last year, let me tell you. Sweeping for days. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Tom, I think that's about enough. I think that's enough. We have run for an hour and 40 minutes. Um, that's probably enough. That will do, Pig. Yep. Lovely this will allow us to not come Monday next week. Uh, um, yes, although we might come Monday. We'll see. We might come Monday. <laughs> I think we deserved it. Yeah, true. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Always thanks for listening. Pleasure. Thanks for sticking until this time. Uh, thanks, Tom. Thanks. Great to chat to you again, uh, and I'll see you next week. Always a pleasure. Never at your parks. See you, boy. All right. See ya. The Holy Grail Podcast. Podcast.